and welcome to Success at Scale, the podcast that covers business stories from experienced entrepreneurs, business leaders, and startup founders on how to translate business ideas into business results. I'm your host, Greg Stein, and today we are talking with Patty. I'm so excited that she is here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Patty. She is the CEO and founder of Kadu. Did I say that right, Patty? Yes, that's correct. Kadu. Kadu. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's let's get right into it. Uh, I'm dying to know a little bit more about you, as are our listeners. So, Patty, uh, tell us a little bit more about you. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me over. I love your energy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes. Well, thank you. And uh, hi, everyone. So I'm Patty. I'm the CEO and founder of Caro and uh, Enterprise Networking and Relationship Management Software. So telling you guys a little bit more about my story. So, uh, well, I did um, law and business in college. So I'm from Madrid, by the way, from, from Spain, Madrid. And there I studied law and business. And I started working as an investment banker in London. So I was in the M&A consumer and retail team there. And uh, well, obviously you can imagine, you know, hours were long, uh, lots of late nights well, or, or all nighters, you could say pretty much. And, uh, you know, at some point I just got very tired of just pitching over and over again. And actually that was when I started to think of the idea of Caro, funny enough, even though, you know, I went through like different roles after investment banking but one of the things that i realized there was that you know my most successful partners or directors were the ones that were you know master networkers uh you know they were always on top of their relationships and they would show up to meetings you know maybe even without a deck or you know a very short presentation but it was more about the relationship with the client whereas as analysts we would spend lots of time you know like pitching and preparing decks, et cetera, for then like a partners that would not have the relationship. So there was a lot of like time wasted there. And uh, then they would go to meeting without, you know, after three, four nights without sleeping and we would, you know, potentially just like lose the pitch just because the managing director or the partner did not have the relationship that other banks had. So that's when, that's when actually I started thinking about all of this situation. But, uh, but yeah, that sort of like burned me out after like a few years in banking. And uh, then I decided to move on and start working uh, for different startups. Actually, during my time, you know, at the startups, I saw again the issue about, you know, how important, you know, networking and relationships are either, you know, to close businesses or to fundraise or just, you know, I mean, just to develop partnerships. And uh, the reality is that the ecosystem of CRMs is very sales-focused, so very focused on, you know, salespeople, pretty much. But people that get a lead have to do a demo, and then you lose it or, or you win it. But not really on uh, networking and relationship-building, uh, you know, processes. So after I decided, you know, to move on and basically start Cado, I went to coding, uh, well, to coding school, to Le Wagon, it's a French one. Um, and uh, there it was like four or five months of a coding bootcamp. And once I was done with that, that's when I moved to New York in uh, September 2020. So, um, I mean, the time oh, was wow. a bit weird. Right yeah. in, the, in the heart of the pandemic. <laughs> Finally, you know, September, I could move to the States. So that's when I started dedicating a little bit more time, you know, to the company, doing research, uh, building the initial prototype. Um 
you know, getting feedback. And then December 2020, that's when I hired my first employee, my first backend engineer. And that's when we started basically, you know, get with, that's when we started getting um, Caro going and the development of the company going. What a crazy mm-hmm. journey. So, so, okay. So investment banking, entrepreneur, you kind of have everything all wrapped up in one. But let me ask you this, you know, what tell us about Kadu, what what you guys are doing now. Mm -hmm. um, And then we'll rewind again. So Kadu. Yeah. Um, So we are very focused on what we call relationship driven industries. So I had put the example of investment banking before. But I mean, to be honest, this can be applied to lawyers, real estate agents, consultants or even, you know, management, to be honest, management positions in any type of company. So anyone, to be honest, who basically um, does business based on their relationships. Okay, so Cairo has two sides of it. On the one hand side, we have digital business cards, you could say. I don't want to, I don't like calling it digital business cards because it goes beyond. It's like a sort of like a LinkedIn profile 2.0 kind of thing. Um, so you can have your contact information. You can have like different links and post actions to, you know, either your calendar or different parts of your site. You can have all of your different social media integrated in your profile. You can have videos. So it's sort of like a mini website, you could say, or a mini landing page for each, each different employee. So those can be shared either through a QR or a link. So imagine you're, you know, in, a, um, in an event or just at a conference or a client meeting, you can share your QR and your client can have, you know, direct access to all of your information or anything that you want to send through. So for example, we're very focused with real estate agents. So we're very uh, popular with real estate agents because whenever, you know, they show a, a building or a house, instead of, you know, following up with a client later on about the mortgage application or about uh, you know, other listings that they can show whenever they share their profile, they can have all of the links to the mortgage application, the listings, the reviews, all of their social media, everything, you know, centralized in that one same place. And again, it's very easy to share. And then the second part, which is more the relationship management part, um, we basically uh, integrate with all of the sources that you would use on your day to day. So say your email, your calendar, uh, LinkedIn, and now we're working on Twitter news. So whenever you're going to have a meeting with someone, we're going to be able to pull uh, together all of that information for you. So we can give you sort of like a, a debrief on who you are about to meet. Um, how, did, mm-hmm. how did you come up with all? I mean, this is this is quite a, an interesting field to get into, especially coming from investment banking and all the rest. So how yeah. did you get into this and how did you come up with the name for it as well? The idea sort of bit, was started building together, get coming together throughout the years, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It was just like this thing that I had in the back of my mind. And as years went by, it just started getting more, you know, um, solidity or it just, you know, it just started making more and more and more sense. And again, every time that I look for things in the market, you know, people say like, oh, it's a, it's a very uh, saturated market. But then whenever I look at the market, I don't see any solution that would satisfy my needs in the, in the way that, uh, that I'm looking um, uh, to cover, right? Um, so that is one. And then in terms of, you know, actually deciding to, you know, to, uh, take the step forward and, and move to the States. I mean, I guess that after working for a couple of startups, it's not that I, you know, I'm old and I have like so many years of experience, but still like it's been short years, but pretty intense. So it came to the point where I thought, look, I'm working so hard 
so many hours, even after I quit investment banking, which was because of the hours, I was still working very long hours. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, to make other people richer, you could say. Um, so I decided that, you know, with all of these different experiences, both in, you know, like um, finance, fundraising, business development, um, then I, again, like I went through coding school. So I, I thought, okay, now I think I have all of the, um, or like at least the basic set of, um, you know, skills that I would need, you know, to start my own company. So for me, you know, the fact like getting started was easy, I would say. I mean, it's, it's also true, like my husband always tells me that I'm a bit of a crazy person, you know, like uh, my level of or my perception of risk is very low. <laughs> so um, it wasn't that hard for me, like to make the decision. Um, but also, again, I had the support of having gone through it with other startups that weren't mine. <laughs> right. So I sort of like knew where to go or what to do or who to hire, who to contact. Then obviously I made 100 million of mistakes. But um, but at well, least let's talk about to... that. Let's talk about that for a second. Like, so you make mistakes, and and those mm-hmm. are lessons, right? So what yeah. what are some of the mistakes? If you know someone out there is listening and saying, I I'm going to do a startup, you know, yeah. what 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 advice would you provide to them to say, hey, watch out for these things? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I would say is hiring. Um, be a little bit more careful, you know, with uh, who you hire. I mean, I've. You know, I've had to fire uh, a couple of people already. Um, but because I guess, especially the timing where I started, there wasn't that much, you know, uh, or people willing to change jobs. I mean, it was COVID. So obviously, like, why would I leave my uh, stable job under a stable company in times of COVID to follow this girl who just, this Spanish girl that, I mean, uh, just arrived to the States, like, who the hell is she? <laughs> right. Um, so even though I must admit that my engineers, they're based in Spain. So, uh, that's something, you know, that benefited me in terms of like finding the rest of the team, but it's sure that I took some decisions a little bit too fast. And just because I thought that maybe it was going to take me too much time to find someone else, but to be honest, it would have been worth waiting that one extra month to find someone and just be, you know, a little bit more, um, you know, confident. The phrase about, I, I use a lot is, hey, you got to slow down before you speed up sometimes, right? And not yeah. always, but sometimes that's true. Do you find that yeah. to be true? Yeah, I mean, again, like it really depends. I'm going to say hiring, that is one where I would have said like, okay, that is true. Because um, especially in Spain, you know, firing someone is very expensive. I think like the good thing about the States is like people are, like more expensive but then you know if you're not happy well you can just like cut the ties but in spain it's very expensive to fire someone um so you know it would have been worth it uh spending a little bit more time trying to do a little bit more research and then you know um, making the correct hire um for other type of you know scenarios i'm more of a you know let's go very fast and then let's try to solve the mistakes but again, that is more because of where we stand in terms of product development. Um, we are more of, okay, let's try to go to market with, not whether it's the product or a specific feature, let's try to go to market as fast as possible with whatever we can. No, Whether it's a half broken, who cares? Um, let's try to go to market and then iterate and fix things. 
Um, but I must say that in that sense, I've always been, you know, more favorable to being or doing things very fast. Yeah, go fast, <laughs> fail on. fast, right? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm with you. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think, you know, that it, it's true. Like, it's weird, right? There's a real dynamic mm -hmm. here because on one mm -hmm. hand, there's like this perception that you have to go really fast and blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. and, and then, you know, skip details, figure it out later, right? On yeah. the other hand, you really do need to have those details figured out because the devil is in the details, right? So, exactly. you know, there's this kind of constant push-pull that I've yeah. found. I don't know if you've found this in your experience yeah. as well. For sure. No, for sure. I mean, and I think that's why, you know, sometimes my development team, they they must be thinking like, oh my God, we're going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, I mean, every... So I take care of product development in... Uh, within the company so or that that would be my more like specific role um because then i have a a salesperson who is a little bit more connected you know in the country and has more seniority in terms of sales that has never been really my strength um so uh i took more care of product and i have to stick with the tech the other development team sorry every day and i'm always you know pushing them pushing them pushing them to really you know, make this release and then suddenly we're out of market and I realized there's like this million corner cases that we hadn't thought about or things are breaking or <laughs> so we have to, you know, like stop, fix, re make, do another release. So uh, I do feel you because, I mean, uh, that has happened to us a lot where we go too fast and obviously we forget the, the, the most basic, you know, details of, of the functionality. Uh, whether it is, you know, like releasing the functionality and not like placing the button to activate it, you know, this kind of no, this is the real thing. balance. No, this is the real balance. Yeah. And I think it's a tough one, especially yeah. for entrepreneurs. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, and, and founders. So let's yeah. talk about that being a founder. So I am a, a proud dad of a nine year old girl who yeah. I think is going to grow up and and I, I hope whatever she wants to do, she's mm -hmm. going to grow up and she's going to be a, a leader like you. Uh, mm -hmm. So what <laughs> advice would you give to to her, uh, a young girl getting started? I mean, she's got a ways to go, but, you know, let's say she was a bit older. You know what? What advice would you give to her if she was going to start her company today? One, obviously, is, well, hey, not to be scared, not to be afraid. I think everyone makes mistakes. Um one of the things that at least, you know, I was more afraid of in my early ages, like I'm going to say as a professional, was of making mistakes, especially because you, when you come out of college or university or, I mean, uh, high school, you're like, okay, if I study, I get good grades. Um, but the reality is that in real life, that is not always the case. You can work very hard and things just don't work or, um, you know, the hypothesis that you had about a, a specific idea or problem end up not being the correct one so mistakes and failure is part of the process so um that's sort of like the first thing and that i wish as well i had told myself is uh you know not to be afraid to fail um and, and failure doesn't mean you know building a disastrous company like a failure can mean many things it can mean making a mistake or what i what i was saying thinking that a feature feature is going to kill it and then suddenly you release it to the market and nobody uses it which has happened was so there are many aspects to failure so that is the first thing that i would say you know like just not not to be afraid and uh the other thing is that 
And maybe, you know, that's a little bit harder to say, but you really need to grow like a very thick skin, I believe, (laughs) being a a founder. Um, There's like lots of good things that happen in the the, uh, entrepreneurship journey, especially when you look back and you look at what you've built. But there are like many of the times we go through are like very hard and it's a very lonely um, road, I would say. So many times, you know, you find yourself not knowing who to talk about or who to talk to about, you know, what's going on in your company. I mean, I think, thank God, you know, I have my husband next to me, uh, but I'm pretty sure like he gets pretty tired of listening to me like every single day and, <laughs> and hearing me complain. Um, so it can be a very lonely journey, but at the same time, you know, there's like lots of people out there, lots of other founders out there that are going through the same um situation so trying to find you know groups of indicate especially like women in tech we're not that many so it's nice you know whenever you go out there and you look for other women in tech and you try to you know support each other that really helps in terms of you know learning and uh, again just like moral support i would say um but uh, yeah i mean i really hope that you know your 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 little kid well, we'll go one day and, you know, start our own tech company. <laughs> you never know. I, I mean, listen, I'm not the kind of guy that like pushes it on the kids. I want to give yeah. them all the, all the, uh, all what they want. Right. But no, that's good. The, the thing is, you know, I look at it and I say, oh my goodness, you know, there, there is a real movement with more women in tech and it's very mm-hmm. exciting. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the more diverse groups of people that we have in, in technology and leadership, to me, that that's it's so meaningful and it's such an exciting time in that way, yeah. because, you know, the more you open up your mind to different ideas. Right. That's yeah. where creativity is going to come from, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, exactly. And I think also just the education landscape has been changing a lot. Oh, so, yeah. you know, um, I think especially in my generation before it was like or at least when I was a kid. And again, you know, I know that my parents have always push for the best and try to give me the best but it's true that how they raised me was in a very specific way where i had to you know occupy a specific type of job that was more adapt or was better for women so that i could you know have a family and raise kids but uh in their mind for example the day that i told them hey i'm going to london to work in an investment banking firm they told me oh my god but you're crazy how are you going to find a boyfriend how are you going to have kids Look, I got married, so it's fine. <laughs> it all worked out. Right? It all worked out. I don't have kids yet, but I mean, one day. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I was raised in that way that you know, being a woman, they're like better jobs, you know, that are more suited for for women. And I think that has changed now, like a lot. And uh, and I think uh, you know, like the same as I was saying, like my generation, I think has been sort of like the 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 you know the twisting point. Where now, hey, you know, whether you're a girl, a man, uh, whatever, I mean, you can do whatever type of job. There's not, there are no female type jobs, nor male type jobs. You just, just do whatever makes you jobs. happy. Jobs, stuff to <laughs> do, it. right? That's it. Just do whatever <laughs> makes you happy, no matter who you are. Um, so I'm happy to see that, you know, that is changing little by little. Mm-hmm. So, so now let's let's bring it back to you in terms of. Like, what do you see is, you know, the future of networking and relationship building and professional connection and networks, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, where I would love to see 
um, and a little bit, you know, a little bit more specific, maybe about Caro, but because how I see the future of networking is how I see my product in the future. No, that's how I reflect it. Fair enough. Much. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, like the future of networking would be such that whenever you're, you meet someone, you know, you exchange, call it Caro, call it whatever that will be in the future. And then instantaneously, you know, we're able to know, okay, what is it that we have in common, whether we went to the same school, whether we know people in common and, you know, be able in that moment to learn from that, the other person that you just met, because that helps a lot, one, you know, to uh, build the basis of the, re of the professional relationship, but also, you know, break the eyes, uh, again, like find commonalities and bring that human aspect to the professional uh, relationship. And, uh, and again, you know, when, uh, whenever you meet this person again, we'll be able, you know, to know what has been going on with this person and, uh, you know, have or cattle or again, whatever, um, as a tool that you'll be able to use to, you know, better, um, better know when to contact people or know the latest updates about a specific person, but in an intelligent way, something that will bring people together. Because one of the things that many people forget is that business at the end of the day is about you know relationships and the personal side in in business i mean it's it's key and that's always gonna happen um because say for example going back to banking say Morgan stanley and goldman sachs you know we're pushing for the same client ultimately the decision is going to be based of course you know fees are going to play a part but I mean, the fees are not that different between like two major banks. So the decision is going to fall onto, okay, who do I like more? Right. And who do you like more is a result of, call it weeks, call it months, call it years of relationship building. And that person having caused a great impression on you the first time you met. And that person having taken the time to, you know, build that relationship and follow up with you and ask you about your kids and, uh, you know, to, I don't know, like uh, uh, take you out for coffee or to a Giants game, whatever you call it. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love it. Yeah. You know, here's here's the funny thing, right, about this time. We are on these Zoom meetings or whatever platform. Yeah. It's back to back, right? And you, mm -hmm. you do a call and we're like, we've turned into like machines right now. Yeah. But you know what's it's it's amazing. Like when we do our calls at Triple G, we we get on the phone and we talk to somebody. I usually ask somebody, and everybody giggles every time I do it. I ask somebody, you know, tell me about like you, and then they answer, "Oh, I do X Y Z like a machine." I say, "No, no, no. Tell me about you as a human being. Like, what do you do? You know, do on a like? personal yeah. level, level, right? Get to know yeah. each other a little bit." And almost every single time, not only does everybody giggle, but there all of a sudden there's like a human element that's born and the computer exactly. disappears for a minute exactly. and then we connect, right? Mm -hmm. And then take exactly. it from there. I, I think you're spot on when you're talking about relationships and, and that's where mm -hmm. it begins, right? Just the mm -hmm. humanity, you know? Yeah, exactly. And to be honest, uh, and again, this can be applicable to many things, but uh, even right now, you know, during my fundraising journey, like uh, some of the intros that I've gotten either to potential clients or to potential investors have been from human, you know, from real, like personal relationships, like someone that I met that, you know, I just tried to be nice to try to meet this people or know this person better, you know, the most, the more, again, like the personal level, what they like, uh, whether they enjoy going, uh, you know, playing golf on the weekends or riding horses or, you know, hiking 
And the fact that I was able to remember, remember the name of the brother, what they like to do, or uh, the fact that they had a, a deal that they were closing a deal with whatever company. And I asked about it, you know, that helped build a relationship. And then actually this has brought me, you know, intros to potential investors or intros to potential clients. And not because there was a, hey, let's have, jump on a call, let me pitch you and, you know, that's it. No. no <laughs> I mean, no. if I had done that, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have done this. <laughs> yeah, so, no. Well, that there you go. There's another piece of uh, amazing advice for somebody getting started, right? Get to know yeah. if you're pitching and doing an investment, any work in investment and capital yeah. fundraising, really get to know people, right? Start yeah. there. Don't just yeah. start with the pitch and the deck and the, you know, uh, the, hey, I'll send you my financials, right? Like, actually develop yeah. a relationship with somebody. Exactly. I mean, which obviously it's it's hard, you know, trying to get to the point where uh, you get that uh, introduction because I think that's one of the biggest or I guess challenges in the fundraising journey, especially, you know, when, when you're like an immigrant or basically new to the country, um, you have to work on getting those relationships. And for me, it has been like a year of work. <laughs> yes. Um, it takes a lot of time. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure there are going to be so many different scenarios, like people that come out of, I don't know, say Stanford, Harvard, whatever, and they're like super hyper connected. So obviously it's very different for, for them. But I mean, if you're just like a normal person, <laughs> if, you're, if you're like a normal person, I mean, it's a work that you need to start doing very early on. Yeah. But even, mm -hmm. even still, it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. Yeah. The reality is making relationships is, is everything. And I think you hit the uh -huh. nail on the head. All right, let's bring it back to you. Uh, what, what's a, a challenge that you're facing right now that you're trying to uh, overcome and, mm -hmm. you know, how do you, how do you think about overcoming it? Yeah. So um, I think right now our main or biggest, you know, um, challenges, it's actually good, but bad at the same time, in the sense of we suddenly started getting very good traction with leads. Um, we've been working on SEO um, for the last year. So it started sort of like hitting in like January, more or less. Suddenly we started getting leads from big companies that were searching or looking for uh, either digital business cards or relationship management softwares on, on Google and we started coming up. So that was great. But at the same time, the amount of like, you know, like features um, that they ask for um, are, you know, like higher or just a little bit more advanced than, than where we stand. So right now we are at that stage where we're getting very good leads, but we're not ready to onboard them. So we are afraid of if we tell them to wait, we may lose them or they may go to a competition. Um, so we sort of like need them to stay with us, especially because one, because obviously we don't want to lose them against competition, but two, because it also helps with a fundraising story. Like, Hey, we have these names. Um, but I mean, a company or a, an, an administrator, the IT guy or the marketing guy or whoever is taking the decision, you know, they're taking it on behalf of the company. So the the decision making process for you know our type of clients is a lot more rational in the sense of hey i just need this for my company like if you don't have it ready i'll just continue <laughs> i'll just continue looking for something else like there's no need for me to wait um even though we try to use a lot of the human component so going back again to relationship building so we try to you know really connect with them uh have you know follow-up calls and sort of like lure them into staying with us even if, even though we're not yet there 
So we try to do that a lot, and sometimes it works, sometimes it works. Well, here again, I mean, this takes <laughs> us back to the beginning of the conversation and that like push-pull, you yeah. know, on one, one side, you're like, hurry up, hurry up. On the other side, you're like, whoa, slow down. This could get <laughs> yeah, crazy, yeah. right? So, yeah, no, yeah. It, it's it's mm-hmm. it's a constant ebb and flow, I think, and and um, mm-hmm. but I also really admire your tenacity that you're that you're bringing to each one of these kind of problem solutions, right? Like you're really mm-hmm. really going after you know solving that problem, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, I mean, again, one we're trying we're trying to learn them, you know, like to stay, but then at the same time, um, you know, we're trying to maybe offer them like super exclusive good deals. I mean, it's n- nearly giving out the, the product for free <laughs> and not really for free because then that looks very bad on the fundraising side, but uh, uh, giving like super extra discounted rates, you know, at least for a year, like they stay with us for a year, super discounted and all of the features that you're asking for are going to come and you're going to have them at the discounted rate. So uh, I mean, it is a challenge in the sense that we have very limited resources and we need to push these features as fast as possible. But obviously, it's to enterprises, so we need to be very careful of not screwing it up in the process. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just like we're running against the clock pretty much. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds like you're doing yeah. it right. So let me ask you, do you have a, a mentor or or a role model that you, that you look up to? Um... To be honest, uh, not like a direct mentor. I'm going to say that there's like multiple people that have, you know, contributed uh, to my story. Uh, whether, I mean, we have an internal advisor that uh, has helped me a lot, you know, more on the product management side. Um, but then, you know, I've spoken with different people in the tech and VC industries, even if they were not, you know, interested in Cato or if it wasn't their sector. Um but there's always people out there that are happy, you know, to give you advice, give you feedback. So I've been encountering this type of people, you know, throughout my journey. And again, whether it's ex-founders or existing founders or people, you know, from the tech industry or, you know, my old bosses, they've all sort of like helped me um, in this journey. So it's not that I really have like one single mentor, but I basically there's like a lot of people that have contributed with small pieces of advice. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Is there, if you had to sum it up into a, a quote, a life quote, if you will, or something that, you know, you use in business, uh, do you yeah. have anything like this? Um, there's one that I read that I really liked. I don't, I don't think I remember maybe the, the exact words, but um, it was something about uh, like I asked God for courage or I asked God for strength and he gave me like the obstacles to overcome. So like you cannot just ask for success, <laughs> to be honest. Right. Like um, you you learn again, it's like learning through failure, right? So if if you want to develop that strength, that courage, you know, to um, um, become an entrepreneur and, and to build your company, the reality is that that doesn't come as a given gift, but as it's a process that comes through, you know, learning by, you know, finding obstacles and trying to find the solutions to um, uh, to solve them or to overcome them. So um, that, no, yeah, it was something like that again. Like, I don't remember the quote exactly, but it was something about, I asked God for strength and he gave me the obstacles pretty much. <laughs> well, it is about the obstacles and it's about yeah. learning, right? It's yeah. about the journey. It's about learning, but Let's let's kind of stay on this for a second. Right now, 
and, and mm. especially over the last couple of years, it's been tough times. It has not been easy. And mm. I, I, I started this podcast thinking, you know, I was tired of listening to all these people talk about how just like glorious and amazing it is and just, you know, be be aggressive and like all this stuff. And it's like, well, well hold on a second. It's not that nice out here in the real world. Right. So in yeah. the real world, for somebody that might be struggling out there or having a harder time right now, you know, mm -hmm. is there any or, or maybe even just reinventing themselves? Is there any advice that you might uh, practical mm -hmm. advice you might give to them now? Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, well, first of all, I'm going to say like, I go through the same stuff all the time. Like suddenly I have those days where I'm like, you know, in the deepest of like darkness and like a hole where I'm like, okay, I'm not getting out of here. Uh, so I think like everyone goes through that. So, I mean, I want to meet the people that, you know, would say, or those that you're talking about that say that, you know, that the life of an entrepreneur is easy, easy and, you know, it's just like, uh, <laughs> exciting and are always happy because I mean that I don't think that's true for I'm gonna say like the 98%. Um so again like feeling down, feeling that you don't see you know the light at the end of the tunnel, that does happen a lot. One of the things that has helped me and again this is also hard to do but you know you have to try is sometimes you know like taking that step back and first of all looking looking back to what you've already done. I think that's sort of like the first and you know um basically acknowledging that you have already done a lot the fact you know that you took the decision to become an entrepreneur to start your own company no matter what stage you're in that's already a humongous win and one that not many people you know are have the courage of doing uh so that's the first one and then um the second part is again like whenever you take that step back try to always remember okay like what what are your goals or that's what i tend to do always like okay let's take my step back where is where i want to be like in three months or next month and sort of like look at whatever or my dashboard of all of my active tasks or active things that are happening in the company and try to reprioritize so that i make sure that that goal happens and that can be from you know pushing from the tech side from marketing from sales you know like how do the different pillars converge um, to, to make sure that I achieve that goal? Because um, sometimes you're we're so focused on the day-to-day -day and execution of you know, what's going on in the company or just again, um, what's going on in our day-to-day -day, that we forget about certain goals or you know, uh, milestones that we have set. And sometimes again, we have to take that step back to look at how we are doing things and reassessing whether that is actually taking us to that goal. Because um, sometimes, you know, we forget about uh, reacting to things that we may be doing wrong. Um, so, yeah, I don't know whether that's very useful, but that's what I tend to do when things start getting blocked. And I see that we're not really getting to where we are supposed to be getting. It's like, OK, let's stop. No, let's you know what? what you're really doing. you're really <laughs> focused on, you know, perspective. There's a there's yeah. a. Uh, mm -hmm. HBR article that talks about zooming in and zooming out and being mm -hmm. able to do that, right? That mm -hmm. there's a skill associated with that. And mm -hmm. it's tough, right? Because some days are up and some days are down. And yeah. if you can follow this line or you can yeah. kind of follow that North Star that you're yeah. talking about, which I think is, is really a, a great perspective mm -hmm. to have. So really good stuff. Let me ask you, is what's one question uh, that you wish I asked you today that I haven't? Uh, and how would you answer that question? Because, I mean, I guess, you know, because um, I thought about it before,
before, but I think we actually did cover it because uh, it was more, you know, like about advice before before starting starting your company. Like, what uh, what is it that I wish you know I had known uh, be, before I started? And uh, we've talked about many things, but one of the things that maybe we did not mention was. Um, well, first of all, that any hypothesis that you have, you know, in your business plan and your development plan, it's 100% going to be wrong. <laughs> That's sort of like, you know, the first thing that I had known, uh, that I wish I had known whenever I started, like, okay, whatever I have in my head, whatever I had in my head at the time of starting was was wrong by the fault. Um, and then that things take a lot longer than you initially anticipate. No matter how rushed you want things to be, how no matter how fast you want to go, the reality is that you're not alone. You know, you have team members and the, you, we have to remember that, you know, the passion that we put into our company, we put that passion and we put that out, we put that number of hours because, you know, we are the founders and we are, it's like a little baby, but we cannot, you know, assume that the people that you employ are going to be there with you, you know, working hours a day and not doing their normal life so obviously that at the end it means that things take considerably longer than than what you expect so i wish you know i had taken that into account whenever i started both for financing or you know just the go-to-market planning um whatever you think is going to take just i don't know i'm not going to say multiply it by two but by 1.5 for sure and so just a little piece of advice to someone out there. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Patty, this has been such an amazing conversation. Where mm -hmm. can people find you and, and Kado uh, online? So um, for Kado, you can go to www.kadonetworks.com. Um, so, you know, that's a website. You can check out the product. You can actually download it as well on the, on the App Store um, if you just want to play around with our, with our basic version. And then in terms for me, I think the easiest is always LinkedIn. So check me out, Patricia Ricarte, Cato, LinkedIn, and I should be there. Amazing. Well, Patty, I got to say, this has been an absolute pleasure connecting with you today. I enjoyed Likewise. listening mm -hmm. to you and, and learning from you and your experiences. And uh, I think there's just so many, so many great ideas here, especially I, I love the, the whole twist of and the whole journey you've been on, yeah. you know, investment banking and everything. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's really just such a great <laughs> a <roller journey>. coaster. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So uh, listen, uh, for anybody listening out there, thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to like, share, subscribe do all that social media, good stuff. And we will catch you real soon. Thank you for listening to Success at Scale with Triple G. And Patty, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, we'll, we'll continue the conversation. Until then, peace.